You're listening to the Presence Pioneers Podcast. Hey, welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's episode is about prioritizing God's presence. It's about King David and how radical he was to make the presence of God the center of everything in Israel and Jerusalem and how we are called to do the same thing. It's a teaching that I gave at a school called Wildfires to some young students about how important God's presence is, and I think it's going to really encourage you today. Uh, Just a reminder, this podcast exists to equip presence-centered Christian communities to worship and pray night and day. So this is for worshipers, intercessors, leaders, Jesus lovers, and if that's you and you're part of a house of prayer, a burn furnace, a praying church, a presence-oriented community, then I want to encourage you to share this podcast and this episode with people that are part of your community because they're going to be helped by this. If you're helped by this, it's going to encourage them. So any way that you can like or comment or share or review this episode in this podcast, it's going to help us reach more people. And ultimately, it's going to strengthen the prayer movement. So thank you so much for that. Don't forget to subscribe. Stay connected with us. You can also view all of our previous episodes up on our website at podcast.presencepioneers.com. So here it is, my teaching on prioritizing God's presence. Enjoy. All right, so let's let's glance at the notes here. The Tabernacle of David. Have any of you guys heard of the Tabernacle of David? Okay, a few of you. Okay, some people haven't even, they, they, they think there was maybe one tabernacle in the Old Testament. Um, so there was the tabernacle Moses set up, and then there was the temple that Solomon built. But between that, there was the Tabernacle of David. And so I, I kind of give a quick overview. Uh, David set up a primitive tent in Israel that housed the Ark of the Covenant. He, when he became king, he funded over 4,000 musicians and singers, Levites, who ministered before God with prophetic praise and worship day and night for 33 years. So, and this was the tabernacle of David. So, uh, while Moses' uh, tabernacle had fallen down, Solomon hadn't set up his tent yet, David sets up this tent. In Jerusalem, um, when you read through like the book of Psalms, most of those Psalms people think probably were birthed out of this 33-year, 24-7 musical worship, prophetic worship that happened in Jerusalem. Uh, David funded this as the king, and, uh, and it says here in Amos 9-11, On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, repair its damages, I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. So God's actually promised to restore the tabernacle of David, which doesn't mean that God's going to set up a tent in Jerusalem and have people play harps and lyres, Um, but it means that he's going to restore his presence to the earth and he's going to restore day and night worship and prayer and he's going to restore his people to himself. Uh, And so there's this obscure prophecy But it actually gets quoted in the New Testament in Acts chapter 15, and it means that it's relevant to us as the New Testament church, as Christians, as Christian musicians and singers, as worshipers, worship leaders. Uh, What David did in his tabernacle is relevant 
to us. So God's restoring the tabernacle of David, and he's been restoring the tabernacle of David for the last 2,000 years, again, by restoring us to his presence and bringing us back to his presence and reconnecting us to him. Um, the, one of the fascinating aspects of the tabernacle of David was that the Levites and the worshipers could come right up to the Ark of the Covenant and worship. There was no veil separating them from God's presence, which was, which was really uh, unheard of at the time. And it, and it pointed to the fact that Jesus would come and tear the veil and give us access to the presence of God so that we could now be priests unto God and we could minister straight to His heart. We could come right before Him and worship and, and, um, and offer our praise directly to Him in His presence. So God's restoring the tabernacle of David. Uh, I, I have... Um, I think it's maybe like eight hours of teaching on the Tabernacle of David that I have recorded that I did at our, our, um, our ministry back when we were in Greenville. And so I'm going to kind of give a little bits here and there, but this is, this is like a pursuit of my life to, to study the Tabernacle of David. God won't get me away from it. <laughs> and, uh, and so I love it. So I'm going to give you guys some, some tips and some just the kind of maybe one angle on it. But uh, I, I have here on number four on the notes, there's some scripture there's some books there literally literally books have been written on this topic so you can uh you can dive into it more but i want to look at second samuel 6 so if you want to flip there if you have a bible or app or something i'm going to primarily kind of go through this story talk about the priority of god's presence so to understand the significance of what david did you you have to understand First of all, the Ark of the Covenant, which you guys prob- probably know was the, the box that God instructed Moses to, to build, which was in the tabernacle in the Holy of Holies. This is where God manifested his presence. So I'll just start reading 2 Samuel 6, verse 1. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from there the Ark of the God, the Ark of God whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So that's kind of the key there, that, that God dwelled between the cherubim, which were these angels, that were these statues of angels that were on top of the ark. So the ark was where God's presence was. The pe- Jewish people, they didn't have God's presence in them. Like we have the spirit of God in us, which is amazing. Uh, but they didn't. So this was their way to experience the presence of God was through the Ark of the Covenant. That's where God manifested his presence at the time. And, uh, and so that was their connection. That was the gateway between heaven and earth. And in Moses' tabernacle, only the high priest could come in to the Holy of Holies where the Ark was. And once a year experience that manifest presence of God. So the Jewish people kind of, they had the cloud by day and the fire by night. They were kind of they could kind of see and gather around the presence of God, but they couldn't go right before the presence of God uh, and be right there and experience it uh, like we can now. So the Ark of the Covenant points to the throne of God, the presence of Jesus among us. So this is um, David. To understand what David did, you have to understand that David just was so passionate about the presence of God um, that he uh, that he would prioritize establishing the tabernacle of David as the king is crazy. Um, I'm kind of skipping around the notes, but I'm just going to kind of flow with it. Uh, 
David, I mean, you have to think about David became king. And of all the things kings have to deal with, you know, like the military, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like economy, um, all these kinds of things. David says the most important thing is we've got to get worship going. (laughs) We've got to get the presence of God in uh, the middle of our nation, in the middle of our lives, in the middle of all that we're doing. This has to be top priority. Uh, And he mobilizes it says all the men of Israel, 30,000, the choice men of Israel, he mobilizes the nation and says, this is going to be our first thing that we do is to pursue the presence of God. If we get the presence of God, then all the other things are going to work out. But if we try to go after all the other things and we don't actually have God, then, uh, then our nation's not going to succeed. He understood this and he had cultivated this in the secret place. He had, he had discovered this when nobody was looking. He discovered this on the hillsides when he was playing his harp and he's tending the sheep and he's learning to, to minister to God and to praise the Lord and he's, he's learning to navigate relationship with God the best he can. You know, he didn't have the indwelling spirit, but he had, by, the great, by God's grace, he was able to still worship the Lord and, um, and have some level of communion with God. And so David had experienced personally the presence of God and he realized that if he was going to be king, that the nation needed to experience the presence of God. And so it was an overflow of his, um, his personal priority of the presence of God. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. Uh, In the secret place. And so there's uh, Psalm 132 is kind of like David's cry where where he says, Uh, Well, actually, Psalm 132 is written about David. It says, Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. I will not go into the chamber of my house or to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. So David's like he's zealous for God's presence. He's saying we need to find a dwelling place. For the presence of God. I'm not even going to sleep, God, until you've got somewhere on the earth for your glory to rest. 
Uh, I'm going to make sacrifices. I mean, that's what he's saying. saying, no more just like going through the, mo- the normal flow of life. Interrupt my life, God. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep. You know, interrupt my life because I've got, we've got to have your presence. Um, and so David was, was passionate. He was burning for the presence of God. He had experienced it himself. Um, Psalm 27, 4, one thing I ask, one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the presence of the Lord, the house of the Lord, all the days of my life. This was his heart. And uh, so when he became king, that began to take expression um, in, in the nation. And so there's this zeal that David had in his heart for the presence of God and, uh, and, and prioritizing it uh, when he became king. And so there's the ark of God. He says, OK, I'm king. The ark of God is where the presence of God is. Let's take the ark and let's make that central to our to the kingdom, to my kingdom. Um, and so, one thing as you're as you're thinking about the tabernacle of David is uh, understand that David is a is a picture. He's a type of Christ. So, Jesus is the son of David. And he sits on the throne of David. Um, and so, when we when we look at the tabernacle of David, when we look at David and his kingdom. We're getting insights into Jesus and Jesus's kingdom, which is the kingdom that we're a part of. Okay, so that's why it's that's why it's so fascinating is because David um, was able to connect. It says that David was a man after God's own heart. Right. So David, in a unique way in all the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, um, points us to Christ and points us to Jesus and to the kingdom of God and the way David set up his kingdom. Uh, gives us insight into the way God leads us and leads his kingdom and leads the church. So David prioritized the presence of God um, and, um, and points to the way Jesus brings the presence of God back central as well. So I, I think about like what, if the, like, what if Donald Trump was like, we're going to spend millions of dollars to, you know, we're going to take a, a wing of the White House and set up worship, you know, and we're going to pay people, we're going to pay musicians and singers just to play and sing all day, you know. I mean, this is what David did. It's, it's really radical, and it's, it's hard to really overstate how radical what he did was on a number of levels um, because it had never been done before, number one. It was not required in the law, like there's no law, there's no, you don't go read in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. It doesn't say, hey, pay the musicians and singers. There was no music in Moses' tabernacle. <clears throat> but David comes along and says, we're going we're gonna to now bring music into the mix. Not only is it going to be music, but we're going to actually have the presence of God where everybody can access the presence of God. Um, the whole, the whole thing is just like a scandal. <laughs> You're, and, and, and I mean, I, it's been, for me, it's just been like, why did this happen? <laughs> and, I, and it's drawn me in to go, why did this happen? Why did David do it? Why did God allow it to happen? Um, because, uh, it was just so, it was just so revolutionary, but, um, you know, what, what would it look like for a, a leader? I mean, a, a, I'm a leader, but my responsibility is so small to be a king of a nation and to say we're going to take the take our resources. We're going to take our energy and prioritize uh, worship, musical worship and the present and the presence of God. So um, 
It's, it's amazing. And, and, and it speaks to us about uh, what's important to God. And it speaks to us about what's in His heart. It speaks to us about uh, how we should orient our lives. <laughs> and how we should arrange our lives and our priorities and our resources and our time. Um, and it speaks to us as the body of Christ as well, not just individually, but collectively. Um, and it gives us insight into, um, in, into what God wants. Um, you look at uh, Revelation 4 and 5, you see the throne room of heaven, okay? Which is really what David's tabernacle was copying, replicating, where in the center of heaven is a throne, it's like the ark, you know, the throne where God himself is on the throne and everything in heaven is oriented around God himself. And, you know, it's center. He's the centerpiece and everything. There's the four living creatures and the 24 elders and there's multitudes and there's it says day and night. They cry out, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, who was and is and is to come. And so David somehow, which it was by prophetic revelation, got insight into the heavenly throne room, the heavenly temple, and, and brought that in some limited expression in the, into the tabernacle of David, into the earth, and began to bring heaven to earth in Jerusalem and in Israel, um, and began to orient the kingdom of Israel to reflect the kingdom of heaven, um, that heaven began to come to earth. So, I mean, I mean, Revelation 4 and 5, it's like God could have in heaven... Uh, I, I've said before this, like his man cave, you know, it's like the throne room, you know, it's like this is God, this is exactly how God wants his room to be set up, you know, and he has uh, music going, you know, people playing harps 24 seven, <laughs> you know, like that's what he, he has people and angels around singing all the time. Like that's exactly how God wants it. You know, I mean, it said, Jesus said, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in heaven is exactly the way God wants it. That's how his, that is his will. That's a picture of exactly what he wants. And it's fascinating to me that when you get a glimpse of it in Revelation 4 and 5, what he wants is people and angels around singing all the time. Um, and so it's not just about, oh, David liked music. So, of course, David, David played instruments, so... He liked the music, so that's why I set up Tabernacle. No, David was a man after God's own heart. God likes music, you know. Uh, God, God chooses to have musical worship in his throne room, which is crazy. And so I, I'm a musician too, but, you know, to me it's like, it's not just about because I like music. Like, God, I believe God loves it. You know, it's like that girl, I heard her song at camp, you know, where it's like God hears that, that worship and it's like, so beautiful to him. And, uh, and so David got this insight into God's priorities and God's kingdom and the way that God sets up his kingdom. So God brings together, I mean, his throne room is also the temple, right? So like there's this mixture of worship and government, like in Revelation 4 and 5, where you have God, he's the king and it's his throne, but it's also church. You know what I mean? It's like, the church and government all together, it's like worship and, and the leadership of the earth, you know, the government of the universe happening in the same place. And so David brought those things together, this priestly thing and this kingly thing. He brought them together. 
Um, the Bible, of course, says that we're a royal priesthood, right? And so we have this priestly ministry of worship and prayer, but then we also are called to bring God's kingdom to the earth. And David realized that you couldn't, uh, couldn't see heaven come to earth without the priestly aspect, which is this ministry to the Lord, this worship and this prayer.